Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Dad, can I ask you something? <laughs> Are you the Zodiac Killer? <laughs> what a load of hogwash. 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 Hogwash is reserved for the absolute of untruths. Hello, you're listening to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable, with me, Tiss, my co-hosts, <laughs> <laughs> keep it, don't, no, don't edit it, that's, keep it, keep it, uh, that was good enough, I, w- I was going to roll straight into it, you and did. then I, but I didn't, because I said, is it my turn to introduce it, and then I you'd rolled already, I've got to roll straight in, yourself. Yeah. just like cock blocked himself. <laughs> I just can't get around what what are you supposed to say? I don't like the fact Well, we've done it for five years, mate. I know, but I just talk. I don't think about it being a show or something. Just hello and welcome to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. My name's Adam. Yeah. Hi. Um co hosts, as always, Bob Beef. Say hello. Hi, hi, Bob. Hi, this Bob. is Bob. Hello, this is Beef. Sweet. We're back for Zodiac Part 2. Yeah. Hope that wet wet your beak, the last one, if you're listening straight onto this one. If you've had to wait two weeks for this episode, then I hope you're well informed because we're going to jump straight into it. Hope you're on tenterhooks the whole time, ready for a double tissue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how you guys been? Uh, tired. <laughs> But we're gonna be really high energy. We're gonna you're gonna wake me up. It's gonna be super high energy. Bobby, you're I feel like Bobby's always tired. My life I'm tired now. I just I didn't used to be this tired. You're getting old. We're getting old, mate. Is that I, is that and I have like three jobs basically, so Yeah. I don't buy the whole getting old pipe thing. You don't buy it? I think get No. I don't think you I don't think it's something you can deny. <laughs> I, I I think getting old does limit certain abilities, but oh, I feel wait. like people broadly stroke the old brush across. My knees have started giving me jip, I'll be honest. Like, I notice walking up and down my stairs now, I'm like, oh, they click sometimes. Jesus wept. You're only a year older than me, though. Two. No. Yeah. Year, year and a half. 
year and a half. Maybe a year and... I'm 33 now, mate. Year in January. Year and three months. Yeah, you're like Easter time, aren't you? Yeah. Okay, year and a bit. Mate, it is It is a thing. Money's uh, doing all good. It's because you keep yourself young with your lifestyle, Tiss. <laughs> what is my lifestyle? Eating food. No, just... Just chilling out. <laughs> that's everyone's lifestyle. It's being alive. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't do anything special. I, I was exercising a bit, but then the gym's got locked down. That's like, oh, what do you do if you have spare time? Uh, eat, breathe. <laughs> eat, breathe, sleep, poo. <laughs> uh, what kind of exercise were you doing? Uh, I was at the boxing gym, wasn't I? I was doing box fit. Are you still doing that? You, oh, because no, COVID, you no, can't. Yeah, the gyms are closed. I would be. I really would be. Um, it's really weird, actually. It's, so I've helped my mental health, and then since I stopped, I thought that I'd be struggling, but actually I've been fine. I've been okay. Mm. Um, I don't know. Maybe it just kick-started a little bit of my brain, and now it's whirring, still whirring. Fuck knows. I don't know how it all works. Mm. But I feel good, and I'm not exercising. Sounds good. Do you guys exercise? No. No. I I go for a run a couple of times a week. So that's way more than me. That is way more than me. We have a, an exercise bike in the lounge. I sometimes blat on that for a bit. <laughs> but I get tired so quick. Yeah. Because I get in from work and I get on it and I'm like, I haven't even sat down yet. Why am I on this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I always put it on the hardest setting because I'm just like, if it's not really hard to push, I'm like, what's the point in this? Yeah. You need to uh, make up for the lost time, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you guys are on your feet all day in your jobs. Um, I suppose I am to a degree as well. Yeah. I do a lot of walking. That's probably what it is. But Yeah. I just, I'm not one of these people, you know, you meet these maniacs that are like, oh, I just feel so much better after working out. Like, really? I I don't. No, it's not fun. I'm so lucky that I have a physical job because if I didn't, I think I would balloon. (laughs) Because when I'm not at work, I do sit around a snack all the time. Yeah. But then I go to work and I'm on my feet all day. So I'm just lucky that I have a physical job, I think. Yeah, me too. Definitely. Even though I do feel like I'm putting on a bit of weight at the moment because I have just been snacking. It's winter. Because I ate so much at Christmas and I ate so much over my birthday. and Because there's nothing else to do. Normally I'll go out and do something, but I can't. So I'm just sitting at home. I'm like, oh, it's my birthday. I'll just buy some nice food, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm eating it all. I've been, uh, I've been limiting the snacking just because of my teeth. I, I need to go to the dentist, so I don't want to eat any sugar things just so they don't get worse. Because you can't go to the dentist. Because I can't go to the dentist, and if I snooker yeah. myself into a corner, then I'm going to have to get some pliers to my own teeth, and that's not yeah, good. Yeah, get the lids on you, it. You can um, <laughs> down and ply your mouth. <laughs> you can go for emergency right, anyway, stuff. Right, anyway, we're actually in the episode. We really should probably talk about some uh, Zodiac uh, yeah. um, killings. Uh, well, yeah, I'll probably put all that at the, after the music at the end, because people want yeah. the juice. They want to hear <laughs> about these uh, suspects. The juicy goss. Uh, right. Let's just jump straight back into it. I haven't... I was going to watch the film, uh, but I held off in the end because yeah. I thought, no, I want to come into this clean without any knowledge and without any preconceived ideas. Yeah. Oh, you didn't want it to, like, wave you in one direction. And then when you watch the film, you can watch it with the knowledge of what you're seeing. Exactly. Uh, right. So I wanted to start this show with something that I was going to tr- uh, put into the last show 
but thankfully we moved it across to this one so this is a nice little thing to move into so dunbar let's let's try yeah dunbar that's the dunbar interview uh should we set the scene again just just to get ourselves yeah well this is something we spoke about a little bit on the weird phone calls episode but it bears repeating on this because it's what we're talking about so and the the weird telephones was what four years ago no, it was only two years ago. It's one, it one of the ones we did in Bristol. Really? It was like just before I moved up here. Yeah, two, two and a bit oh, years I'm ago. Oh, I'm thinking of Weird Media. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. And I've done like Strange Disappearances was very similar in tone as well. Yeah. So. yeah. All right, Tiss, let's uh, Dunbar is up. So this is uh, the phone call to the Dunbar show. Um, supposedly Zodiac calling. Let's have a little listen. Attorney Melvin Belli, accompanied by police and newsmen, waited 45 minutes today to keep a rendezvous with San Francisco's Zodiac killer of five persons. The man who made the appointment never showed up. The meeting was arranged this morning when a caller, identifying himself as Sam, reached Belli on a KGO-TV talk show. He said he was the Zodiac killer and needed help. Here's how it looked and sounded. Talk to us. Just tell us what's going on in, in, inside you right now, Sam. Please. I have headache. Right. How long have you had those headaches, Sam? Been a long time. Since I killed a kid. Well, was it before December that you had the headaches? Yes. Did, were you in service that you might have had the, an injury in service? Did you ever fall out of a tree or downstairs? Were you ever unconscious? I don't know. You don't remember. Does aspirin do you any good? No. Doesn't do any good. Sam, that stuff never did me any good either when I had headaches. Sam, let me ask you a question. Did you, um, did you attempt to call this program one other time when Mr. Belli was with us? And you what? Did you try to call us one other time about two, two or three weeks ago when, when Mel Belli was with us? Yes. And you, and, uh, well, and you we couldn't were, get through? And couldn't get talking. through. The phones were tied up. Was that it? Yes. Sam, let, let me ask you this. There's some reason why you go to a particular doctor or a particular priest, and some reason why apparently you, you uh, wanted to talk to, to me or Lee. Is it that you feel that we have compassion for people who get in trouble? Or is it you feel that uh, we can do something for you? Or is it you feel that uh, we we're, uh, have enough integrity that if we promise you something, that uh, we're going to skip to it. Well, let's find out what, what, why he wanted to talk to Why did you want to talk to Mr. Belli, Sam? I don't want to be hurt. So there you go. That's supposedly the Zodiac. So, sorry, Tiss. I may have heard this yeah. incorrectly. I'm pretty certain that he starts the call with, I've had some headaches. And he's like, all right, yeah, how long have you had these headaches? And he goes, since I killed that kid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They don't then mention that ever again. Because they were told to keep him on the line. They didn't want to... Um... Oh. Am I right about this, Tiss? They were trying to keep him on the They're line. They were trying to trace it. So they were trying to like pad it. They didn't want to upset him too much. They were trying to keep him there. They were trying to trace the call, yeah, but he kept yeah. hanging up and calling back. Exactly. So they're trying to keep him there, so they don't want to upset him too much. That's just why they're kind of joking with him a bit as well about the aspirin and... They're trying to keep it very calm. Right, right. Okay, that makes yeah. sense And they're now. talking a lot. I just yeah. thought that they just breezed over that pretty big piece yeah. of information. <laughs> I personally don't think that was the Zodiac, though. 
Do you know? No. There's a lot of uh, discussion over whether it was or wasn't. And from when I remember when I looked into it, I don't remember all the details off the top of my head, but from when I looked into it for the weird phone calls episode and whenever else I've looked into it, I sort of came down on the I, on the opinion that I don't think it was him. Interesting. Yeah. But it seems to be like a bit of a split as to people that think it was or wasn't. Uh, did, so you're not, you're not really too sure why you think that, just... Just you don't. Um, I can't remember. Like I just know that when I was research, I can't remember all the research stuff in my head. Maybe Tiss will be able to say something that will jog my memory. But there's something about it which made me go like, I don't think it was him, because a lot of the like detectives and that didn't think it was him, did they? No. Yeah. They. Uh, there was like you said, lots of contention about whether it was or wasn't him. Wasn't it uh, speculated that it was uh, a patient? Oh, I'm not too sure about that. A patient at an asylum or something like that. I have uh, that. I might be mixing up sounds. That's where my memory comes from. It also like it fits the bill that it might have been this other guy. I think he mm. was like a, a patient somewhere. And to me, the evidence seemed way more like, oh, I thought it was him. But it is like a split of people that think it was Zodiac or this other guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got uh, another video which is to do with the unsolved cipher, which. Mm links to this interview there's a hidden message in the cipher that couldn't be cracked until 2016 oh okay yeah you sort of mentioned this at the end of the last episode it wasn't cracked because there's spelling mistakes like in all of his letters so Mm. they were working on the assumption that uh certain things were spelt right so they were trying to work back from that and they something Mm -hmm. was wrong with it uh but there's this video which i'll play in a second uh which is another letter from the zodiac which refers to that interview uh so let's have a little listen okay people tried for decades from the usa and across the world but what the zodiac killer had created was something special something so annoyingly difficult that after years of trying and failing the puzzle was forgotten by most code crackers maybe it was meaningless they thought an assumption that put their frustrated minds at ease. But then in 2006, a global team of crack codebreakers took a look at the impossible puzzle again. They knew it meant something, but finding the key was no easy task. It would end up taking them 14 years to finally decipher the code. That's dedication. The team included an American software developer named David Aranchak, a computer programmer from Belgium named Jarl van Eyke, and an Australian mathematician named Sam Blake. Their hard work finally brought the words of the Zodiac to the public. Ike had actually developed software to break the codes, and he had created it specifically to crack the one made by the Zodiac. Blake's role in figuring out the cipher was to manipulate the symbols and see how they could be transposed, and Aranchak did the rest. The team said at times they'd get somewhere with the puzzle and they'd find a word, but then they discovered that what they discovered was a false positive, what they called a phantom. Then one day Aranchak announced, This is a big one. We have a solution for the 340, and it's real. It hadn't been easy. The team had looked at hundreds of thousands of different manipulations of the text. Then on a Thursday morning at the beginning of December 2020, a variation of the text showed up in the program. Aranchak said at first sight it looked like gibberish, but it also contained the words gas chamber and the even more Zodiac-esque phrase, hope you're trying to catch me. That was a signature Zodiac taunt. If those phrases were actually part of the correct solution to the puzzle, what the team would have to do is apply a cipher that had been used for those words to the rest of the symbols in the cryptogram. It was complicated. They realized they had to look at the puzzle and read it in a diagonal fashion, so they took the symbol in the top left-hand corner and wrote it down. So if it was an H, they'd write H. 
then they'd move down one and over to the right two spaces, then they'd write down that symbol, which here is a plus sign. Then they went through the entire puzzle doing this until they'd written down every symbol. What they ended up with was a completely different looking puzzle. It still looked like nonsense, of course, but now they had something new that they could put into the code breaking software. Huh, the team was rather disappointed after that. Not only did not much of anything come up, but the terms gas chamber and hope you're trying to catch me weren't there either. It was as if they'd gone backward. But then Aranchak tried something else. He added the words they suspected were correct, gas chamber and hope you're trying to catch me, to the software as known solutions and let the program run. Presto! An English message popped up, the words of the Grandmaster Secret Code Psycho, the Zodiac himself. That wasn't me on the TV show. Was this the Zodiac telling the cops that the guy that had called in to talk to the lawyer was an imposter? Aranchak almost fell out of his chair. After 51 years, it was as if the Zodiac had risen from the grave. The team could now decrypt the first part of the puzzle, but the same method of code breaking didn't work for the other two parts. Since the first part was almost definitely correct, it didn't make sense that the other sections couldn't be solved in the same way. But then they hypothesized that the reason it didn't work was because the Zodiac had actually made a mistake when he designed the cipher. If that was the case, it was no wonder no one could crack it. You can't open a broken lock with a good key. The team took into consideration that he'd made some spelling mistakes. They corrected the mistakes and then used a slightly different system of moving down and to the right diagonally reading the symbols, and they discovered something amazing. It worked. The Zodiac really had made a mistake in his code. And here it is, the fully decrypted words of the Zodiac himself from a code that remained unbroken for over 50 years. He wrote, I hope you're having lots of fun in trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show, which brings up a point about me. I'm not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to paradise all the sooner, because I now have enough slaves to work for me, where everyone else has nothing when they reach paradise. So they're afraid of death. I'm not afraid, because I know that my new life is life will be an easy one in paradise death. It was true. The man who called and spoke to Melvin Belly really was an imposter. The Zodiac had always been somewhat narcissistic in his writing. He'd always bragged about being one step ahead of the cops. He never seemed scared or repentant, like how the caller sounded. Wow. Yeah. So something that got missed out of the uh, audio for the call. Uh, in the call with Dunbar, he mentioned he didn't want to go to the gas chamber and he was scared. Yes. And there was a lot. This might be why you didn't think it was Zodiac. So his whole aura about on the call was, was mainly a scared dude. Mm. Scared of being caught. Um. And yeah, references that in that cipher. The, he's not afraid to go to the guest chamber. Uh, and this is something that I wanted to pick up on Zodiac is that he had the belief, and I think it's in other ciphers as well, or maybe just, yeah, it must be in other ciphers because I didn't see this one. But it was uh, to do with he was killing people so that he could take them to heaven with him and they'll be his slaves. So his belief was that if you kill people, they'll be your slaves in heaven. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That is, that's really, I don't know where you come to that conclusion from. Yeah. Um, where, the uh, the thing is, I could believe that in reality Zodiac was scared. I don't know. He might be, he might not be. But the character of Zodiac that he's created when he does these like public displays is very much presenting himself as not scared. So I don't think if he was ever going to call into a show, he would do it as himself. He would do it as this like braggadocious character that he'd like created. The guy who walks around with the logos on and the masks and sends letters to 
to the newspapers and things like that. I think if he was going to call in, he would be doing it in that character. Yeah. Rather than this actual scared sounding guy. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Unless he wanted to throw them off the scent completely. Exactly. Like that mistake, everything is really, he's so hard to pin down. Like that mistake in the code might have been intentional. Yeah. These spelling errors might have been intentional. Like you, he's such a weird, scheming, manipulative guy. It's hard to know what's intentional and what isn't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really have enough inf- information to uh, decide either way on, on the call to the TV show. Um, it it feels too much to me maybe as if it's maybe not necessarily that he's that he's that he was scared it was more just the words he was using and the way he was speaking it didn't didn't seem to really match up with i don't know some of the language that the zodiac uses um i don't know it didn't seem to match the only thing that feels Zodiac to me in that call is the way he very nonchalantly says, like, when I killed that kid. Like, that's the way that Zodiac always refers to... He's very, kids, like, yeah. by the by about killing... Since I did those kids, when he's watched the kiddies bounce up the road, it's very, like, by the by, like, the way he talks about yeah. killing people. That's the only part of the phone call that I'm like, oh, that is... I can imagine Zodiac saying something that just cold and... Not even like intentionally, just sort of laissez-faire about the whole thing. Just like, oh yeah, when I killed that kid, mm. yeah. So that's the aspect of it. Where I'm like, oh, maybe it was him. But the other stuff, like the headaches and stuff, that Zodiac ever talked about that sort of stuff before. He normally yeah, he makes out like he's sort of a powerful man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think he would admit to any sort of like fallibility, like having a headache. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But then maybe it was him. Maybe he was playing a character when he called in as well. Who knows? He is a flair for the dramatic, as we said last time. Yeah. It's all just a game to him, isn't it? So mm. if he can... And actually, maybe the, the phone call wasn't for any kind of purpose. He just did it because he knew he could. Yeah, got bored maybe. This would be a bit of fun. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Yeah. So that's the Dunbar. That's the that's the 320... Cipher cracked. Um. Mm. The stuff we were going to talk about on this one was the Dunbar thing, that decipher, and then obviously the main bulk is the uh, suspects. Yes. And um, I think we were going to crack the case. For sure. We're going to have to decide one way or another, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Okay, just going to get my... First suspect up. It's really weird. Zodiac Killer has two websites. <laughs> Not the actual Zodiac Killer, but the <laughs> ZodiacKiller.com. <laughs> His blog. That would make it very easy to find out who it was. Like, <laughs> Hi, my name's Pete. I'm the Zodiac no, Killer. No, he's got a VPN, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll play you a video first. This is someone who believes their father is the Zodiac Killer. Mm. Oh, interesting. Uh, So this is our suspect one. It wasn't until I started doing my own research that I actually found out the whole truth. I knew from my mother's friends in the San Francisco Police Department that my father had a record that the SFPD said they would not share with me because 
what was in that file was so heinous it would destroy me. Gary Stewart's father abandoned him when he was just a baby four weeks after he was born. Not only had he abandoned me, he, he was abusive to me. Uh, he locked me in a footlocker because he got tired of hearing it cry. Gary was eventually adopted and didn't know much about his biological father. Then one day, it clicked while he was watching TV. I see a wanted sketch of the Zodiac Killer. And it looked just like the only photo I had of my father, which was his mugshot. The man in the photo, Earl Van Best Jr. He'd been arrested for the statutory rape of Gary's biological mother. Gary started investigating Earl's life and now believes that his dad was the Zodiac Killer. That's when I begin to connect the dots that maybe this is what's so heinous, that he got away with it and they never caught it. The Zodiac Killer murdered at least five people in California in the 60s. He was never caught. Two more communications have been received from the person who calls himself the Zodiac Killer. But the killer did send handwritten letters to several local newspapers. The letters also contained a code, which Gary says he was able to crack. The Zodiac said, if you crack this cipher, you will have my identity. I immediately saw my father's name. And there are many more coincidences revealed in the documentary. What are the odds that Gary Stewart thinks his father was a Zodiac killer and they've got the same handwriting, the same scar, and they're in the same places? Believing the Zodiac killer was his father has been incredibly painful for Gary, but he has been able to move on with his life. Gary even visited the grave with his own son. He said something to me then, Dad, this is you. This is not my legacy. So if my journey and my discovery has been that stopgap so my family can have normalcy and find a happily ever after, I'll be that sacrifice. I have found my happily ever after. Wow. Van, Be Van Best was never charged with murder and was never a suspect. And believe it or not, there have been several other people over the years who also claim they're the children of the Zodiac Killer. Okay. Oh, never a suspect. Never a suspect. That, that, the fact that he was never a suspect, that... But I don't know if that makes it more or less believable because part of me is like... Yeah, maybe it is someone that was never a suspect because it's someone they have no fucking idea who it was. Mm. That's why they couldn't catch him. But also I'm just like, never a suspect. And then he's suddenly like, it was my dad. And then he's writing a book about it and stuff. Like, We've yeah. seen that sort of stuff before on this podcast where we've looked into people who are claiming they're you know related to some famous killer. I can't remember what we, we talked about. That came up with someone else, some other famous killer. And it always seems a little bit suspect. Yeah, I mean, and he said that the police said he, they had a file on his dad which was too heinous to show, but he was never a suspect, so it's like, well, it couldn't have been the mm. Zodiac files, and they wouldn't mm. have known. So, yeah, bit of a bit of a rub, rubs on that one, to be honest. The, do you know what I loved? And obviously, listeners won't have seen it, because it's a video. The tissue, the bloody tissue that he is like... The narrator's like, it's been a very sad time. And she's like, he's like padding his eye with a tissue. Oh, yeah. come on. Blotting his eyes. Yeah, it was edited to like really, to like hook you. Yeah, yeah. To make you want to watch that documentary. Yeah, I'm not going yeah. to. Oh, I can watch a man cry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> People love so that. So sadistic. They zoom in on the tear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, I'm not even sure that the photo even looks like him. He was just a guy. Well, the thing is, the the sketch is just a man with glasses. It's such a vague. It's 
man in glasses. It, could, it looks like me. If you shaved, it would be you. You look like the Zodiac. Here. Yeah, it looks like me without a beard. Yeah, it looks like my dad. Just like he did. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought. Beef <laughs> is your dad the Zodiac? I hope not. He's. I mean, I hope he's not just kept it from me all these years. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh, I'll have to message him and find out, but I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> like it needed answering. Nah, I don't think it is. Famous serial killer in the San Francisco 50s. Was it 50s or 60s, wasn't it? 60s, yeah. 60s. Uh, Swinging 60s. Dad, can I ask you something? <laughs> Are you the Zodiac killer? <laughs> <laughs> I love that I answered as if as if you were asking genuinely. Like, Beef, is your dad the Zodiac? Like, no, uh, I don't think so. No, no, I don't think so. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm always skeptical when these people could try and sort of say it's one of their lost family members. It's like he obviously hated his dad. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to equate him to some evil person. I mean, it might have been his dad who fucking knows because we don't know who it was but i'm always instantly skeptical of these people who come out of the woodwork like he hasn't seen his dad since he was a child and he's like it's probably him yeah the zodiac looks like any fucking yuppie to be honest he's got glasses a crew cut and are you calling my dad a yuppie i mean We first said it looked like me if I had a shave, and then it looked like beef. So me and beef are both sitting there ready to be offended. <laughs> no, but I was referring to the other dude. No, I, I know, like, I know. A yuppie from the sixties is what I meant. <laughs> no, I know. From the sixties. Thing is, he looks like anyone because he just looks like a guy. Because it's a, yeah. a sketch. It's an outline of a man's face with glasses on. <laughs> I'd love to know. Yeah, exactly. I'd love to see the description. Because these sketch artists are usually pretty good. So I'd love to know the description they got. Like, okay, so give me... Okay, what did the what did he, what does he look like? Okay, he's got a face, right? And glasses. <laughs> How was that? Like, well, I guess it will have to do. It's so stupid. He looks quite normal. <laughs> thing is of course he looks normal that's why he was so he could blend into the background exactly these killers always look normal i think i think we should round up all the norms and just yeah then we won't have any more crimes what you want a killer to look like is like jack nicholson from one through over the cuckoo nest just mental (laughs) like so that they stand out a bit like no they just look like normal people (laughs) or just like really weird looking like like Dan- Danny DeVito. <laughs> like unmistakable, you know. Or just like wearing clown makeup with like a pirate hat and a big scar yeah. down his face. Yeah. An eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> right, so are we thinking what was his name again? I don't know. I'm gonna just say Rubs on that one to be honest. That guy's dad. <laughs> okay, we'll call him Rubs Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Rubs. I'm right on my list of suspects here. Rubs dad. Forget him. Um then we move on to Rick Marshall. Okay. Richard Marshall. So there's a little bit of info on Rick Marshall. Um he was a suspect in the case. Um he was interviewed by police. 
Uh, he run the silent movie theater called Avenue, or he was he was working there. He was running the films as a what would you call them? Like a film projectionist. Projectionist. That's the one. Uh, and obviously, the Zodiac has an affinity to movies. Mm. Mm, yeah, that's true. Um, and they're uh, in in the film at least. I was going to say um, this is the one of the ones that's in the film they focus on, right? Yeah, this is the one. This is the one whose house he goes to. It's not his house. It's the house of an associate of Rick's. And right. then he says, "But this this handwriting on this poster is exactly the Zodiac." And he said, "Yeah, that's that's it. my handwriting." Uh, and that's just. I think that's a sort of Hollywoodification of this. Yeah, a, a, you know, just it just it was a bit of a thrilling moment in the film, but probably because that's one of the like, really tense moments in the film. But it is also one of the only moments in the film that felt a little bit like they fudged fudged around a little bit to have a bit of excitement. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Um, so uh, other links that put him as potential Zodiac. Uh, on Marshall's 45th birthday, the Zodiac Killer mailed a letter to the Los Angeles Times newspaper. So it aligned with his birthday. Um, I remember on one of... There's a phone call that someone intercepted from the Zodiac that ref- he referred to killing on his birthday or something like this. Right. Uh, so yeah. all of their birthdays are always linked towards these sorts of things uh, through the suspect lists. Um yeah, there's not much else information apart from in 2001, Marshall emailed the Zodiac Killer website, uh, becoming the first Zodiac suspect to ever contact the site. Uh, Marshall was upset over a rather trivial detail that he had read on the Zodiac site. Uh, he'd been described, uh, his residence had been described in 1974 as a warehouse, but according to Marshall, it was actually an industrial building. Uh, the full email below. That's such a specific yeah. thing to correct. <laughs> what a joke. If you ask yeah. me, like, the difference in a warehouse and industrial building, I would draw you the same picture. Exactly. <laughs> um, he So the, the guy on the Zodiac website, his thoughts on the email is uh, he's disregarded the spelling errors simply because he could have been caused by age, um, such as poor eyesight. That said, like the Zodiac Killer, Marshall seemed to overreact to perceived lies told about him in the media. Nitpicking over the use of warehouse instead of industrial building seems rather (laughs) outlandish. And mentioning an attorney, also something Zodiac did. Uh, He replied to the email but never heard back. Um, In 19... No, sorry, in 2008... Uh, the website received a phone tip from a woman who worked at a care facility in Sacramento area. She told me that Marshall was a patient where she worked and that he had spoken about the Zodiac case. She found him to be extremely suspicious and was not sure what to do, thinking Marshall might finally be ready to talk due to his advanced age and deteriorating health. I contacted my sources at Napa County Sheriff's Department, the agency that originally investigated Marshall back in 1970s. Two detectives made the trek to Sacramento and made the determination via unknown methods that Marshall was likely was not the Zodiac killer. As far as I know, DNA testing was not performed. Therefore, in my opinion, Marshall remains a viable Zodiac suspect. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. He died in 2008, and there's a little video of Rick Marshall. Let's have a look at this guy. Richard Marshall was one of many who shared characteristics with Zodiac and was questioned by police. I must have a double floating around. I hope the poor guy doesn't look like me, but the fact is that the characteristics you just mentioned fit me almost to a T. I really am startled at the mass and accuracy of the detail. And obviously, if they had been that forthcoming about that at the time, I would have understood why they were investigating me. My innocence notwithstanding, uh, the details do fit. Mm. So Rick. Nah, I'm not buying that. Really? He, I, I wasn't at first, and then after a while I was thinking, yeah, that is the kind of shit that someone would say who's got away with it for so long. Like, oh, I can understand why you think it was me. I would even think it was me. It's not, though. Bye. <laughs> Yeah. Like, playing into, like, oh, God, it really is like me, isn't it? Oh, well, shame it isn't. He is that sort of character. But also, like, with all those details, there's going to be someone else they fit. Yeah, of course. He might just be the unlucky bastard that it is. So what we're saying about Richard Marshall, we... uh... Not buying it, or I'm giving it a maybe. I'm going to see what we've got. I'm making notes. I'm writing down all their names and making little notes next to them, so at the end I can look at them and go, "Hmm." No, I'm rubsy in that one. Rubs, rubsy, 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 all the way to the bank. You might find beef that like you're not fully satisfied with any of them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's why they never. That's why they never nabbed the guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so far, I haven't been captured really. No. Hmm. And neither is the Zodiac. Oh. Well, he won't be because he's dead. But, um, yeah. Let's move on to Arthur Allen Lee. Arthur Allen Lee. Yeah. Or Arthur Lee Allen. Arthur Lee Allen. Which way around is it? Right, Arthur Lee Allen. I've got a little... uh, Yeah, I've got a video here. Lots of little sound bites. I like them. Give me a little taste. Yeah, it's like a quiz. In the fall of 1958, I had been at a, at a house party uh, held by one of my classmates, and we were getting overly friendly, but it was not, I don't, I don't want to imply that there may, that may have been sexual. We were just, you know, dancing close and may have kissed or something, but nothing more than that. And uh, she was uh, going steady with someone else who took exception to my behavior. By the time I got home that night, uh, my father had waited up for me to come home, and it was quite late. It was probably at 2 or 2.30 in the morning. And he, my dad told me, uh, there was a guy here looking for you and described the car that the guy was in, and I knew it was the car driven by this woman's boyfriend. And I said to dad, don't worry about it, you know, it'll, it'll pass, it's nothing. And, uh, I lived in, I, I stayed in what would be considered today an in-law apartment aside from the house, separate from, from the main house. So I was in bed in my boxer shorts and there was a knock on the door. I knew immediately who it was, you know, and I got up and I opened the door and this guy came in. This was the, the woman's boyfriend. I shut the door. And then we had words, and I, I don't know what those words were, and wouldn't even attempt to paraphrase them, that they were 
exactly what you might expect that conversation to have been, and a fight ensued. And I don't remember if I punched him first or he swung at me, whatever, but I punched him and he went down to his knees and when he did, he grabbed a hold of my genitalia and was holding on. And uh, just a, a minute amount of panic ran through my body as I began to just start punching his head. And at that moment, the door the main door of that apartment I was in just imploded. I, it wasn't that the door came loose or opened. It came right off the hinges. That door imploded and came right down. And a big man came through that door carrying a knife. Uh, and I could see in that man's face, in his eyes, that man was devoid of an immortal soul. That man was on a, just a different plane than... Uh, it was terrifying just to look at him. I'd never seen him before, never met him. I don't know that I'd ever heard of him at that time. Uh, his name was Arthur Lee Allen. I don't know where to begin. I mean... Do you want me... Can I, do you want me to leave that entire silence after? <laughs> <laughs> People think their fucking phone's broken. Yeah, like, oh, oh the pod's gone. Um, oh, so much rubs. I don't know. There has to be more to go on than some guy who said he had no soul. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's way more. There's so yeah, much more. I was going to say, because I know this name as a this suspect. Is just, so. This is just an intro I saw that video. This this do, this is the start of a documentary called His Name is Arthur Lee Allen. I'm I'm more mean that guy. I mean, oh that guy. He seemed like he wanted to be part of a big story. Yeah, absolutely. What a load of hogwash. I mean, the way he was lingering on like very unimportant details is like he was trying to long it out like he was yeah, a exactly. storyteller. He had something to tell you, and it was like kind of. Relatively insignificant. I mean, someone pulling a knife on you is scary, but... I love that, because I got taken in completely by it. <laughs> but it... Sorry, Tiss. I thought, oh my God, this description of this dude is going to totally make everyone think it's the killer, but you guys are just oh, like... And then oh, and then just like... He is so full of it, this fucking hogwash. guy. Yeah, hogwash. Yeah, Hogwash. Listen... Hogwash is reserved for the absolute of untruths. <laughs> I would remember something like that in lots of detail. So he came in, he's like, yeah, he came in, he said something, I said something. I can't remember if, if he hit me or I hit him. He hit. He grabbed my genitals. It's just like, no, there's, there's... I mean, I would remember someone... It wasn't even Arthur Lee Allen doing the fighting either. No, exactly. It was like a fight between two people. and a, a... No, that's what I mean. He lingered so much on stuff that felt irrelevant. I was like, get to Arthur Lee Allen, baby. You could just imagine the other side of the <laughs> Stop camera. Stop being such a cocktease. There's someone going, and, like, come on. like, Yeah. Get to the bit. He needed editing. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible editing. What a load of old crap. <laughs> Sorry, sis. <laughs> this is guy. That was his favourite video clip of the year. <laughs> Tis wants it to win an Oscar. Best interview. Best interview. Most <laughs> most absorbing interview. <laughs> Category 
for Zodiac. Best, best factual documentary. <laughs> this guy came in. He grabbed my bollocks. <laughs> said something. <laughs> we had a fight. He pulled a knife. <laughs> He's the sort of guy that when he walked away from you at a party, finally, he'd be like, looking for an escape you'd be looking across the room at your girlfriend or something (laughs) you'd be like you'd be like texting your mate like help me like yeah all the all the air like leaves your body as soon as it leaves (laughs) (laughs) sorry Tess (laughs) 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 i hope he doesn't Uh, listen to the show awfully alan no that guy he was being interviewed the other dude no he's still telling that story he's probably just thinking (laughs) i hope they play that documentary about me (laughs) and then we're totally slagging it off he loved the last episode he's like i can't wait they're gonna talk about me on the next one (laughs) yeah <laughs> He's got his friends around. Listen. Oh. Uh, right. So, where are we? So, Arthur Lee Allen. We want to know some facts about Arthur Lee Allen. Where to begin? Right. Let's let's have a little read through this. He had no uh, soul. Arthur Lee Allen's connection to the Zodiac Killer began in October thirtieth, nineteen sixty-six, when Cherry Joe Bates was stabbed to death at Riverside City College. Mm. Um, in late November 1966 two anonymous handwritten Bates murder confessions letters were mailed to the local police and newspaper the typewriter was identified as being a royal model with either elite or peaker type I don't know what that is Uh, Alan allegedly was in Riverside the weekend Bates was murdered the information placing Allen in Riverside was developed in 1971 by Vallejo Police Department and the California Justice Department. Um, Allen later hinted that it was true, first claiming to have been in the area at the time, then telling people he was nearby Pomona when he first heard of the Bates murder. Uh, so he was in the area of the Bates murder. Uh, that's That's a confirmation. Uh, employed as an elementary school teacher in California's Calaveras County at the time of the Bates murder. By the time his employment ended in late March 1968, Allen had used only one of nine available sick days. The day Allen was absent was November 1st, 1966. Initially, Allen attributed the absence to school business. He was later charged with a sick day. Uh, did Alan stay an extra day or two in Riverside gathering second-hand information to use in the anonymous confessions, or did Alan actually kill Bates? Uh, missing work on November 1st because of facial wounds inflicted by his victim. Uh, modern FBI profiles on serial killers usually say that during periods of activity, the killer will behave erratically, exhibit moodiness, drink or smoke more than usual, and miss work. Uh, During the execution of a 1991 search warrant, VPD seized a royal typewriter with elite type from the home of Alan. So that's that's our first clues. Hmm. Right. He he had a sick day on the day of the murder. Yeah. And it was acting weird. Acting weird. Or potentially. I think uh, think it mainly just said that that's what 
serial killers would do, but included the miss work thing at the end of the list. Mm. Um, this still seems quite promising. This, there's a lot of other information there. Uh, okay, here, here's some here's some really interesting Alan linked to Zodiac information because I've left the juicy bit as always till the end. Well, not <laughs> the end, but I, I here we go. Right, according to his brother Ron Allen. Uh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> according to his brother Ron. Alan was given a Zodiac watch <laughs> as a Christmas gift <laughs> from their mother in 1967. I love the way that he totally fucked up the big reveal that he was trying to towards. So off the pace today, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry, guys. Uh, you guys and the listeners. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Ron Allen. I think it's funnier that we can see you because I saw your reaction of like, yeah. oh, I fucked something up. Yeah. And then I was waiting for what it was. Just like, according to brother, his brother Ron Allen. Uh, uh, <laughs> according to his brother Ron. It's like, oh, I fucked up the big reveal. It was. Allen. It was the slight drawback from the microphone. Like, uh Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> like, like. I've lost them. I'm never going to win them back now. It caused you physical pain. <laughs> that it happened. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Right. So what you're saying is, according to his brother, Ron, Alan received a watch, a Zodiac watch. Was given a Zodiac watch as a Christmas gift from their mother in 1967. Right. Uh, Alan's estimation of when he received the watch was July or August 1969. The logo for the Zodiac watch is a cross circle symbol. So that is the Zodiac Ooh. symbol. He has a watch with a Zodiac symbol, a Zodiac watch. Doesn't that make him seem way less cool? It's like, what shall I call myself? He just looks down at his watch and just nicks the branding. Yeah, exactly. That's like, I'm the Rolex killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, when that, and my logo that I wear on my shirt is a watch logo. <laughs> the Rolex logo. It's fucking, it's just so bait though, isn't it? It's so bait. Like mm. Max Power. <laughs> <laughs> you saw it on a hairdryer. You saw it on a hairdryer. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so that's that's one juicy tidbit. Yeah, I like that. Interesting. According to police statements, within days of receiving the watch, Alan is alleged to have made these claims to his friend Don Chaney. We're going to hear from Don Chaney himself, but I'll read mm. out the things, a list of things that he supposedly said to Don Chaney uh, in January 1st, 1969. Sorry, who was Don Chaney to him? Don Chaney was one of his friends who he worked right. with, and they were fishing oh, like buddies. A co-worker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were fishing buddies as well. Oh, okay. Um, Alan used the premise of writing a novel to communicate his fantasy. Um, so mm. he said he would kill, like, he would like to kill couples at random. He would taunt the police with letters detailing his crimes. Whoa. He would sign the letters with a cross circle symbol from his watch. He would call himself Zodiac. He would wear makeup to change his appearance. He would attach a flashlight to the barrel of his gun in order to shoot at night. Whoa. 
he would fool women into stopping their cars in rural areas by claiming they had a problem with their tyres, then loosen their lug nuts and eventually take them captive. He he said he would do the exact thing that he then did. Yeah. This That's is so specific. It's so specific, yeah. Don eventually took this information to the police, and in 1972, the Francis... <laughs> San Francisco Police Department was able to secure a search warrant against Allen as the Zodiac Killer. Unfortunately, the SFPD elected to search a trailer that Allen frequented in the nearby Santa Rosa instead of searching his home at 32 Fresno Street in Vallejo. Nothing incriminating was found, uh, apart from the typewriter. According to a police statement in in an early 1968 conversation with his friend Philip... Alan was alleged to have have been fascinated with the concept of hunting people. According to Alan, people would be more challenging to hunt than animals since they have intelligence. Yeah. Man is the most dangerous game. He said he that. He said that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I could feel like as soon as you said that, the penny dropped in my head. Yeah. Mm. So this is the guy that in the film, like you know, I said it really leans into wanting you to think it's one guy. This is that guy, isn't it? He's in the film played this, by John Carroll Lynch. Yeah, it definitely leans into this um, because at the end of the film, you see it come full circle with the first. Well, it's the first victim of yeah. the film, but it's the third victim the survivor. And he, he picks yeah. him out of a lineup, and this is true. Yeah. Uh, he does at a later date pick out Arthur Lee Allen as so that's true the Zodiac. That's that was a true yeah. So what isn't it mental that they had a, a survivor who went to a lineup and said which one is it? He pointed at this guy who they had all this other evidence on, yeah, and they still couldn't pin it on him. Nothing, nothing still happened. Couldn't. Yeah, and also um, Arthur Lee Allen was the only suspect to contact the police after the investigation to try and help the investigation um and it was like quote something like i'm sorry that i wasn't your guy but let me know if i can help anytime and there's there's that's classic fucking with the police zodiac stuff yeah exactly exactly yeah there you go it's like they always want to help serial killers always want to kind of help so they can be part of it but you know have their ear to the ground of what's going on. Mm. So it's uh, it's stacking up against Alan. It makes him seem so. Well, I never thought Zodiac was cool, but he was mysterious. But he seems so much less mysterious, being like he named himself after his fucking watch. Yeah. Mm. To me, that's yeah. so lame. That's like me saying I'm the Reebok killer because I couldn't think of my name and looked down at my shoes. <laughs> 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 and then I start walking around in a Reebok hoodie. Like it's my outfit. Like my superhero costume. The a big bib, Reebok logo a on the front. A bib and a hood with Reebok on it. <laughs> the night killer. It's so much lamer, isn't it? Right, so where were we? Um, Arthur we were Lee Allen. About Arthur Lee Allen, yeah. Don Chaney. So I think, mm. so this video, uh, Don Chaney is talking about this time when him and uh, Thingy were talking, and uh, it's really interesting. Well, it was on that New Year's Day, 1969, when we had this conversation, and I, I never saw him again after that. 
the first thing we talked about, when I arrived there, uh, he showed me the watch. You know, he'd received it Christmas, and it was in the box uh, with the card, and everything was there. And he asked me what I thought of it. Was it a good watch? He had the attitude that maybe his mother had stiffed him and given him a cheap watch. But the watch was a Zodiac watch, and it had that little symbol on the, on the face. He'd been fired from Valley Springs, and I know that he really sent a lot of resumes to get that job, and he liked it over there. And he got fired, and, and it looked like he wasn't going to teach anymore. And I was concerned about what he was going to do, and I you know, went over there to kind of pep him up and and talk to him about career choices and that sort of thing, and um, started asking him what he was going to do. And through some conversation, we got up to a point where he was talking about uh, being a professional criminal. And he didn't need a good resume for that. He could do it anyway. He, he said he would give himself an identity and write letters to the editors and and he'd have a name and it would be Zodiac. I told him, I'd, I thought, well, you, you could have a better name than that and, and he wasn't buying any of that. He was going to be Zodiac. So we got in the car and he drove me up to um, Blue Rock Springs Country Club and we drove through the parking lot. He talked earlier when he talked about setting up this random killing situation. He said he knew some places where they parked, and he drove by there and showed me that place. And then after we passed through there, we went back around to Lake Herman Road and, and came in past that site. And we stopped there, and Lee seemed to want to linger there and look at the place, and, and he described what he would like to do to some girl at that place. And it wasn't pretty. When I was sitting there at that spot, he kind of kept slipping from future tense into past tense on some of what he was saying to me there. And I began to think maybe this is something that was already history. I went out there at midnight one time, and the thing about Lake Herman Road, it's not just dark, it's pitch dark. This is a country road. I mean, there, there are cows, and, and I'm at, I cannot see my hands, and yet the bullets that were fired by Zodiac at a run are in a circle. Sometime, well, I knew him, uh, he showed me a, a pistol with a, a pin light attached to the barrel with masking tape. And uh, he says, point that at the wall and then look through the site. And I did, and the, and the spot was in line with the site. It was, I could see that if you, if you fired it, the bullet would go where that spot was. Arthur Allen, according to his brother Ron, was left-handed when he was born. Uh, back in those days when he was born, he was born in 36, I think. Back in those days when you were born, it was kind of a, a, a scourge to be left-handed, and his mother forced him to write right-handed. Lee was ambidextrous. Um, 
Mm. So that that was referring at the end, the ambidextrous part uh, is because they got a written sample from him with his right hand. Yeah. That they believed he could write with... No, maybe it was his left hand. It was one of the hands they got, but they couldn't get a sample of the other hand. And to this day, they don't have. A, they don't think they have a sample of what they think is definitely a sample of that hand. Well, we even said about that last week. Maybe he was writing with a different hand. Yeah. On the when you took complained about the chicken scratch and you were trying to decode the letters <laughs> and some chicken scratch. It was fucking terrible handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? That is the pot call in the kettle black because my handwriting is fucking <laughs> terrible. Have you guys ever seen my handwriting? Yeah, of course I have. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. It's so bad. <laughs> I'm not the Zodiac, though. So, this Don, what my main question is, as soon as it was in the news that this guy called Zodiac was doing this, why didn't he say, oh, I know who that is? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's also the fact that everything fits so conveniently. It's so perfect. And... Um, Too perfect. Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. I'm putting that on my notes. Too perfect. That was precisely what I thought watching that. Why didn't he speak up? Yeah. I don't understand. I mean, the only thing I could possibly think is that, I don't know, like if it was a good friend or something, you might be torn with like loyalty and actually also not believing it yourself. But yeah, but he he hadn't spoken to him for a long time. Exactly. So it wasn't even as if that was the case. So I don't know. Has anyone ever thought that it might have been Don Chaney? Like he might have done it. He might have been the killer, and he's just blaming it on his friend. That would have been hilarious. Because it's like it's like he's almost setting him up. It's so perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Or or Don maybe because you know he said he wanted to write a book and this is what would happen in his book. And he was like, yeah, he would like kill people, do puzzles, his name would be Zodiac, all this stuff. Maybe that was true. And Don Chaney was like, I'm going to actually do this for real. And was inspired by all the stuff that yeah. Zodiac had told him. Arthur, Arthur Lee had told him. And then he was just like, yeah, I remember Arthur said all this stuff. But he's mm. actually the one that did it all. I don't know, I'm spitballing here. And he knew he'd get away with it because... Because all the evidence points perfectly to the other guy. Exactly. Wow. It's win a win a chicken dinner. We've cracked it, guys. It's Don Chaney. Um, yeah, I, di- <laughs> I didn't consider that, to be honest. Don Chaney doesn't really fit the bill in terms of build. I just feel like he's just a bullshitter, if, if anything. At the very worst, Don Chaney. I don't know. That's just the vibe I got. Right. But... I mean, what vibe does a killer give off? Mm. Bad ones. <laughs> bad vibes. <laughs> well, Don Cheney didn't give off a bad vibe. Just sounded like someone who was telling stories. The other thing I thought about is how different it is doing an investigation in this day and age. When you look at yeah. that and you're like, did no one ever even realise that Zodiac was a brand of watch when they were doing that research? And it's like, well, they might not have. Now you would just type Zodiac. And note down everything that came up in Google that was related to Zodiac. You'd be like, okay, so is it about star signs? Is it about this brand of watch? Is it about that? And you'd go, you'd make question mark notes on everything. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like no one in the investigation team thought watch. (laughs) 
Because they didn't have Google to like scour everything. Yeah. Yeah, but you'd still think they'd have some idea. But I'm not familiar with Zodiac as a watch brand. No, but because if I'd if I'd if you if they were and they saw that logo as well, they'd be like, "It's the watch. We have to use this as like a major clue." But then again, like it was pretty well documented. This Zodiac sign and the Zodiac. Surely the company would have come out and been like, "Yo." That's our fucking symbol. That's what I find so weird about it. Someone... That's de- that's defamation. Someone would have to know. Like, someone who's reading the papers would be like, oh, I've got that watch. In this day and age, if there was, like, the Tesla killer, Elon Musk yeah. would be suing their ass for defamation because yeah. it'd be like... The, the, like the papers well I gotta say but they can't sue the Zodiac killer they don't know who he is <laughs> no not him but the, pap- the papers for printing right the, like perpetuating that symbol and that name as a killer name I mean not as big as Tesla but that's just an example they should have leaned into it they should have said their watches were killer Oh. <laughs> Actually, that's what would happen. No, no, that wouldn't happen. It would be a new low if that happened. But don't um, that that sign isn't just an attribute to that company, though, is it? The Zodiac sign is just... no, but it's a bit of a coincidence to say my name is Zodiac, and also I have the same logo as this Zodiac watch. Yeah, I guess so. someone would have picked it up. Someone should have picked up. It feels weird, like, no one else seems to mention the fact that, like, oh, by the way, he's been walking around with the name and logo of this known brand. Well, I'm going to Google it. I'm going to see. Did... Did... Live investigation. The police know... This is on the case. ...about Zodiac. Well, you were saying, like, you've just got Google. You could just type it in. About Zodiac watches. Watches, yeah. I get that it's not, like, the most famous brand in the world. I feel like they should have. But it's still someone has to have known. Oh, my God. In case of R imitating life, two detectives actually did notice a Zodiac watch on the wrist of suspect Arthur Lee Allen while speaking with him outside his home. In Grossman's book, Allen named... Name was changed to Robert Hall Star. What is that? Graysmith. Oh, right. Right. Graysmith, I guess, is the one who wrote Zodiac. Graysmith is... I, I actually inserted that into the last episode because you couldn't think of the guy's name. He was a cartoonist for the newspaper that was printing uh, all the Zodiac stuff, but he got interested in the case and was trying to crack it himself. And that's the guy that Jake Gyllenhaal plays in the film. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Um, and he's the one who wrote the book, eventually. They did notice... Um, the watch then, when they interviewed him. Yeah. Hmm. But it just feels like that's what we reported on, like on the news, like, a killer using the name and branding of the watch company Zodiac is on the hunt. Like, it's almost like no one mentioned the fact that he's also using someone else's branding. Yeah. Yeah, it is a bit odd. Yeah, that that's very true. Yeah, it's it, I can't I can't work it out. Do you think that maybe the, the world wasn't just as connected? But maybe we just now live in a world... Maybe we just live in a world now that is so surrounded by branding that it's the first thing yeah. we think of. Yeah. So we can't yeah. think of a time when it wasn't so synonymous of everything. Yeah. We're so connected to advertising. Back then, like, watches were, like, regional, maybe? I don't know. Like, c- companies mm. were more regional, less global. Mm. 60s? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Jesus. thing is, I don't know the watch brand Zodiac. 
No. So I feel like it is like more obscure. But like you said, someone would have. Someone has to, because it was such a famous case. And it was a famous case. If it was just to the police, then you could maybe believe it. But mm. that many people, including the people that gave him the watch. Mm. Mm. Right. Um, so the Lake Herman Road murder in late March 1968, Alan was fired from his job as an elementary school teacher for molesting a student. Uh, This was Alan's second career failure, as in 1958, he was less than honorably discharged from the Navy after two years of service. Oh, military background again. We were talking about military background. There's the military background. Mm. God. Navy man. Um, With no source of income, Alan moved back home with his mother and father, 32 Fresno Street in Vallejo. Uh, According to friends and family, Alan hated his mother and felt inferior around his father, a very successful military man. Certainly being a child molester didn't help Arthur's status around the house. Um, (laughs) No shit. (laughs) (laughs) Alan began gaining weight and drinking heavily, eventually taking a part-time job as a service station attendant. By winter, Alan was in a downward spiral of depression and alcohol abuse, most probably amplified by two major stresses, his birthday and Christmas. The apparently motiveless Lake Herman Road murders occurred on December 20th, 1968, just between Alan's December 18th birthday and Christmas, December 25th. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Profiles indicate serial killers are always active in areas they are very familiar with. Alan was living only about seven minutes from the Lake Herman Road crime scene. He had an explosive temper, was known to park and drink alcohol in rural settings such as Lake Herman Road, and always carried weapons in his automobile. There's lots pointing to this guy in there. The search warrant... Ex, uh, executed by VPD revealed Alan owned the same type of ammunition used to kill the victims of Zodiac's Lake Herman Road attack. Oh, that Wesson ammo. Yeah. Smith and Wesson. It wasn't Smith and Wesson, it was something else. It sounded like that, though. It, yeah, was, it? it was like West, Western something. Western Supermare. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. That well-known gun manufacturer. <laughs> <laughs> Western Superman ammunition. God. So, right. How, how, where are we at? Because there's so much information on Alan. So, we've talked about Rick Marshall. We've talked about the dad. We've talked about Arthur Lee Allen. And we've talked yep. about Don Chaney. Don Chaney. <laughs> we've These suspect. are my suspects. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I'm going to play a little bit of this again. This is more Arthur Lee Allen. And then we'll move on to potentially the final suspect of the episode because we're probably at that point right because there's quite a lot on the next person as well awesome right okay cool Don Fouts, one of the two officers that were near the scene of the Spallstein killing I showed him the photo lineup and ultimately the the picture of he wasn't able to identify Arthur Allen I went to Vallejo Police Department Mr. Bauer put out a photo spread and it gave me the impression that Lee Allen was the person that he thought 
was the Zodiac. This person outweighed the person that I saw that night by about 100 pounds, I would estimate, just an estimate, which took him out. His face, even though it's round, was too round. I don't recall him showing me a photograph of a profile that he says he did of Arthur Allen, but Zodiac had a widow's peak, hair coming in the center more and receding on both sides of the forehead. I don't know if that's the proper term for it, but that's what my parents used to call it. That was my impression at the time, is that it was not Lee Allen. I was never approached about listening to Arthur Allen's voice. Lee Allen didn't sound like him. It does strike me that all of the so-called evidences against Lee seem to be sort of statistical in nature, that if you, if you took a, a million-odd people and said, well, let's go looking around and find someone who wears the, an odd zodiac watch who is also spends a lot of time around the water and and you keep layering these you know you're, you're you're making a venn diagram and you got a whole bunch of circles and pretty soon you find that there's a guy in the middle of all those circles that doesn't constitute evidence beyond the accusation there's nothing but there's nothing of any substance we have to recognize that you look at enough people and you're going to see all sorts of weird connections that develop. He didn't help things because he played with the investigators and seemed to kind of enjoy being under suspicion. So he would throw out tidbits that would fuel the fire. It's very important and I think this is something that's been forgotten about in the Zodiac case. It's very important to let the evidence drive the suspects, not the suspects drive the evidence. What I mean by that is we evaluate our suspects by our known reliable physical evidence. We don't then, we don't look at a good suspect that we think, you know, we have a, a personal interest in or, or a particular theory that we've favored and then start to reinterpret the physical evidence. That's not how you do a case. That's gotten a lot of people into trouble in the whole uh, Jack the Ripper um, uh, case, one of the most famous unsolved serial murder investigations. And we, we t tend to see now books with very um, uh, titles full of hubris about how, you know, they've solved the case, etc. But actual uh, fact, they, they tend to be more textbooks for how not to do a criminal investigation. Um, it's important for any analyst or investigator or profiler detective or, or anyone who is seeking to determine the truth and let's throw in judges and scientists here too, is to come with it as unbiased as possible, look through all the facts and the data, and make the best determination at the end of the day. But if we made our determination beforehand, the psychological research is very clear. Try as we might, we become locked into circular patterns of thinking, and we keep returning to what we want to think rather than what the evidence suggests that we should think. In cases where you have people coming forward that know a suspect and they are validating the suspicion of that person, it further complicates the case. It further 
complicates our efforts to either include or exclude that person as the responsible person. And what we've seen over and over again is when we get this suspect that is almost but not quite right, we have a very difficult time typically excluding them from the investigation. So if we're going to evaluate someone like Arthur Leon, we have to consider all the ways he doesn't match the 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 profile of the Zodiac or the evidence um, pointing toward the Zodiac. He's not the kind of person that I believe that committed these kinds of crimes. He's wrong for several reasons. The Zodiac, I believe, was a heterosexual male who was attracted to age-appropriate women. And Mr. Allen, is my understanding, was preferred children, which would exclude him again um, as the perpetrator of these crimes. I think it's also important that Mr. Allen displayed sadistic tendencies and the Zodiac displayed no sadistic tendencies in these crimes. These crimes were committed very quickly and I think that that is extremely important distinction between Mr. Allen and the Zodiac. We said that, didn't we, last time? Um, he was not very sadistic. He just got in, did his job, and got out there. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like a routine chore. Mm. There's one bit here that talks about Don Chaney. I'm trying to find it. I can't find it. Though I swear there was a bit talking about Don Chaney and how, as a witness, he was unreliable for certain reasons. Right. Uh, but I can't for the life of me find it now. Well, it's like Beef said, he seemed like a bit of a bullshitter anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, it comes down to some people you just get like a feeling. You're just like, uh... Uh, don't buy this. <laughs> yeah. If you're in the force, we'd call it going with our gut. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a good job I'm not a detective. Imagine that. Imagine going on. So, what do you think? Uh, just don't. Don't buy it. Just don't get a gut instinct over this one. All I know is my gut says maybe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can't find it. So Don Don Cheney. But basically, they thought he might have been an unreliable witness. Maybe, yeah. Um, so when he came forward. He, came, he moved to Los Angeles. He eventually came forward to the police after reading a quote in a newspaper article that spurred his memory. The quote was, the Zodiac Killer's threat to shoot out the tires of a school bus and kill the children inside. Mm. Uh, just months earlier, Cheney realised Alan had talked of doing the same thing. Right. So, yeah. Mm. That's Arthur Lee Allen. There's a lot more I could go into, but we need to get to our last contestant. So you got one more for us. One more. And this is on the Zodiac Killer Suspects website. He is the top most thought of as the Zodiac Killer. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, okay. What's this guy called? This guy is Richard Joseph Gajkowski. Richard Joseph Gajkowski. I'm just going to get my dressing gown on. Hang on. It's like we're going into, like, uh, the parlour to deduce it, but he's going to get his smoking jacket on and pipe. <laughs> <laughs> it's elementary. 
<laughs> I'm back. Hi. Right, sell us on Richard then. I learnt of uh, so this guy uh, zodiackiller.com learnt of Richard Zyke, uh, Gaikowski, uh Dick Geik because of the informant known as Goldcatcher who had met Gaikowski back in 1969 and eventually grew to suspect him of being the Zodiac Killer. This has been an ongoing investigation at zodiackiller.com since Goldcatcher made contact with me in early 2008. Information about Gaikowski has been flooding in, including amazing photos, audio, and Zodiac-like handwriting samples. Most of what is detailed below is new information and was unknown to the investigators who briefly scrutinised Gaikowski as a Zodiac suspect in 1986. Mm. So Gaikowski served a stint on the army during the 1950s. Mm-hmm. So he's a military man. Mm-hmm. It is known that Gaikowski was trained as a medic. Uh, medics were trained to tear the clothing of bleeding victim to use as bandages if they did not have access to proper equipment. Undershirt first, then shirt, then pants if necessary. That is the order of cleanliness, with the shirt tail being preferred if tucked in. Uh, Zodiac tore off a portion of the victim's shirt tail. Uh, unfortunately, since 80% of such records were destroyed by a fire in 1973, not much more is known about Gaikowski's military career. Uh, 1965, uh, October, Gaikowski was intentionally arrested for refusing to sign a traffic citation following a routine stop in Contra Costa County. Uh, as an investigative reporter for the local newspaper, Gaikowski's goal was to write a story about the conditions within county jail from the perspective of an inmate. Um, following his brief stay in jail, Gokowski's mugshot was published along with his story. However, by the time Gokowski became the Zodiac suspect more than 20 years later, records of his fingerprints were long gone, making the comparison to the Zodiac's fin- fingerprints impossible without either Gokowski's consent or a court order. There is no evidence either happened. At the time of Gaikowski's intentional arrest, he was living less than five miles from the Zodiac Killer's first eventual attack, a double murderer isolated Lake Herman Road. I'm making my notes on this guy. Just trying to absorb it all. Eventual Zodiac victim Darlene Ferrin of Vallejo, California, got married in 1966 and moved to Albany, New York. Gaikowski quickly followed, moving cross-country from Martinez, California... Um, Ferrin's husband worked at the Albany Times Union newspaper Gaikowski worked in the same building at rival Albany Nickelbocker News uh, in August 1973 four years after Ferrin was killed by the Zodiac Times Union received a letter from someone claiming to be the Zodiac when solved the cipher was included with the letter made reference to the Albany Medical Centre at the time of his murder, uh, this The Good Times newspaper was um, where he worked for a little bit. And it was running violent works of fiction that were nearly a blueprint for the Zodiac's future crimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wednesday was production day for the weekly Good Times newspaper with the staffers working from early in the morning till late at night to prepare the news issue. Between Zodiac's debut 1969 until The Good Times folded in 1973, the Zodiac mailed 15 letters. Never did he mail a letter on a Wednesday, although he did on every other day of the week. Uh, at the time of his murder, 
the good time switchboard was only located yards from the residence of Zodiac victim Paul Stein on Fell Street in San Francisco. This all seems very like he was near this place. He was near that place. Mm. Carol, Paul Stein's sister, one of the victims, recognised Gajkowski as having attended what, the funeral of Paul, Paul Stein. Okay. Stein was killed. Um, he was the taxi driver, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, only one Gajkowski was listed in a city directory at the time of that death. Richard's cousin, and she lived on Washington Street. Her birthday was October 11th, the very day Stein was murdered by the Zodiac. Uh, Stein, a cab driver, was the one victim whom the Zodiac could choose when and where he would be killed. So, Gajkowski's cousin lived uh, like around the corner, I guess. Yeah. Again, it's just like he lived near here, he was near there. It's very, like, locational. Yeah. This Mm. stuff. Yeah. It's like this isn't, like, as mind-blowingly perfect as some of the others, but in a way that kind of makes it more likely. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. It's less likely it'd be the really exciting one. Yeah, yeah. I just want it to be the really exciting one. Of course, because... It's like, oh, because it's really he, he exciting. used this name and he did this and he said he was going to blow off a bus and all that stuff. This guy <laughs> just seemed like, oh, he's, he was in the right place for like every killing. Yeah. His uh, nickname was Geik. And in one of the Zodiac ciphers mailed to the newspapers, you can see the word Geik in one of the ciphers. Oh. Mm hmm. Mm. So the biggest bit of evidence that I've seen for Geik is Nancy Slover, the police dispatcher who spoke with the Zodiac in 1969, uh, has identified Gajkowski's voice as being the same as the Zodiac's voice. When did she speak to the Zodiac? Uh, She was one of the people who received the call when he rung from a payphone to explain that he had murdered the kids. Oh, right. That was the first time he'd announced himself mm. this is what the mp3 here let's have a listen the whole thing about a code you got to remember also what the code until the code is broken you have never know never any way of knowing whether it's a real code or whether it's just a fake code well what's that one well it just means that sometimes you know like the military and all of that sometimes you would send garbled messages that meant absolutely nothing uh-huh. So that you get the the enemy to spend all their time trying to make break the code. So that was a recording of Gajkowski. Oh right, okay, that was his actual voice. Yeah, this gold catcher talking dude, about code breaking as well. Yeah, yeah, this uh, gold catcher dude was recording him once he uh, suspected him. Mm. Yeah, this documentary. Um, this has the clip of Nancy Slover talking about the clip. She gets shown the clip. Tom Voigt and David Morris now turn to recordings of Gajkowski's phone conversations with their informant, Goldcatcher. What I'm going to do is go through, edit out everything that is not Gajkowski's voice and just clean it up into a monologue of just Gajkowski with a variety of environments and a variety Mm -hmm. of noise levels and uh, try to clean up 
just the surface hiss so it makes it a little brighter and uh, fix the volume levels. These audio recordings could be a crucial clue in identifying Gajkowski as the Zodiac. No Zodiac phone calls were recorded. None, none, none were recorded. Absolutely none. That's a rumor that we'd, I'd really like to dispel because if they were recorded, then we could just get that, uh, what is it, voice print technology? Voice print technology and compare, to compare them. it to Richard, yeah. Voight and Morris turned their focus to the three people who heard the Zodiac's voice. Of the three people that heard the Zodiac, uh, two of them were over the phone, and then one was uh, in person at Lake Berryessa, one of the victims that survived. And, of course, hearing someone over the telephone, you can recognize them. The team believes Nancy Slover, the Vallejo police dispatcher who took the call from the Zodiac, is the best candidate to identify the voice of their suspect. When uh, Nancy was listening to the Zodiac, he not only was clear, but when she tried to ask him questions, he talked louder and talked over her, over the so phone. So she'd be the perfect candidate. To she'd, she'd be the perfect, because this is actually over the phone, and she heard it over the phone, so it's the same environment in mm -hmm. both cases. Nancy Slover is one of the few people to have heard the Zodiac's voice. I had discussed it with my neurologist about would it be possible for me to remember after all these years that specific voice. And he said in his opinion, yes. When anything traumatic or life-changing happens at any time in your life, your, your subconscious holds on to it, and you never know what's going to trigger it. Uh, what's the code? The telecode is broken. You have never know, never any way of knowing whether it's a real code or whether it's just a fake code. Don't worry, don't worry. The last part of that was... Uh, even more like what I heard in the first part. If you just play that last part for me again, Tom. Don't worry, don't worry. Pretty good. That's okay. Uh, I got that came very close to his goodbye to me. So the second half of that is, is more like, maybe there's more emotion in his voice. It's, it's the same guy, yeah. You seem pretty certain. I, well, I am. Only, nobody that I have listened to before even came close to him. In my opinion, that is the man that called Vallejo Police Department in the early morning hours of July 5th, 1969. I just know what my gut feeling is and my reaction is, and even here, right now, I 
I don't want to hear it again. Mm-hmm. You know, she was saying you could remember someone's voice. I don't think I could remember someone's voice that I heard that long ago. Do you not? If I only heard it once. Yeah. But if it was so traumatic that it was a killer, it was a Zodiac killer. But how did she know at the time that it was a killer? Oh, yeah, because he said he killed someone. Yeah. Um, I feel like that would get embedded. Maybe. Maybe. Um, I still think the penultimate suspect, um, Alan. Awfully Alan. Yeah. Well, so these are so these are the notes I've got for each suspect. If we run it down now. Yeah, go on. Let's do a recap. So we've got. We don't even know his name. I've just got Rub's dad. <laughs> Rub's dad. Yeah, it wasn't Rub's dad. So that's all we need to know about that. We've got Rick Marshall. Overreacted over small details about him on the case. Uh, potentially similar handwriting. Uh, birthdays lined up with similar events. And was a big film guy. Yeah. Mm. We've got uh, Arthur Lee Allen. Um, was in the area of the first murder. Uh, wore a Zodiac watch with the logo. His co-worker, uh, Don Cheney said that he would talk about killing couples, uh, taunt, taunting police, would take his symbol from a watch, use the name Zodiac, had a flashlight on his gun and would like to fool women. Uh, he used the same ammunition. He was picked out of a lineup, had a military background in the Navy, uh, had weaponry, but the thing about it is maybe he's too perfect. He had different sexual interests and he was more sadistic than the people expect the Zodiac to be. Other than that, we have my wildcard prediction that it's Don Chaney, but going against him is that he has the wrong build and he's a bullshitter. (laughs) And then finally, we have uh, Richard Joseph Gajkowski, who was an army man, uh, lived local to the first murder, uh, at his his place of work, ran fiction similar to the killings that he would do, um, attended the funeral potentially of one of the victims his nickname was included in one of the ciphers uh, knew about code breaking and his voice was identified as being the same yeah there are there are choices Rubstad, Rick Marshall, Arthur Lee Allen Don Chaney, Richard Joseph Gajkowski I I don't know you still don't know I yeah I don't know. I think Arthur Lee Allen's got a lot of evidence against him. Gajkowski's like the new kid on the block. Um, is is the word of the switchboard answerer enough? It that's that's the main juicy part, and it all hinges on like, would you remember a voice you heard once that long ago? There's lots of like um, ambiguities, locations, locations where he's been. Yeah, close that's to... sorry, that's the other thing I didn't make the note of. The locations mm. all line up for that guy. Yeah, um, and his military background. Um, obviously, this informant that's come forward that mm. was recording him because he believed him to be the Zodiac, just from mm. certain. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's so much more information on all of the suspects, to be honest. We couldn't get through as much <laughs> as we could. No. Well, where do you come down on it, Beef? Who do you think? Uh, I I still I still think it's Alan. Arthur Lee Allen. I still... Yeah. I mean, there is there is a lot of evidence. I think that uh, the last guy is pretty convincing. 
Mm. At first, I wasn't buying that last guy, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, "Mm, yeah, actually, there's a lot to go on. I think it's a close close call, but I think I'm going to go with Alan. Right. Close, really closely followed by the last guy. And Tiss, you're le- you, do you lean more on Gajkowski or just not sure at all? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Gajkowski's, Gajkowski's exciting and it's a new development, but like that dude was talking about in the movie where sometimes you can pick a person and then try and fit all the things into them. Yes, that's the problem. Yeah. Um, looking at the evidence un- with unbiased eyes, I don't know. I don't know how these people are researching the killers and stuff, you know. Well, I think it was Don Chaney. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was really interesting to go through these guys. And oh my God, like we spent i can't believe how long we've spent talking about these guys and all the victims last time round and how and it still feels like we're only just scratching the surface of zodiac like you yeah. could do a whole podcast about zodiac yeah yeah for sure we've just talked for including the other episode for like 4 hours talking about yeah. this so i hope um I mean, we normally do a cursory glance. I hope people enjoy this as a cursory glance of like one of the meatiest topics potentially that we've done. So much meat. Mm. But we're still left. I'm sorry, guys. We've let you down after all the hype of cracking the case. We didn't crack the case. But I would love to hear from listeners as who they think it is. Yeah, definitely. And we'll have a little book report from Beef when he finally watches the film. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll give it a watch at some point this week. Cool. Wow, so are we, are we are we through it all, Tiss? We're through it all. Wow, it was, <laughs> it was a long sesh, but really interesting. Yeah, thanks, Tissy, that was really good. No problems. That was good. Thanks, Tiss, I'm glad that you took it on yourself to, to really dig into this heavy topic. I'll tell you now, my next one is not this heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad that you started with Rub's dad. Yes. But Rubstab was like one of my favourite. No, no, apart from <laughs> the bullshitter at the party who got stabbed and had his balls fumbled. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, God. That was good. It was good fun. Yeah. Right, let's start going for our outro stuff then. Um, so, listener of the week. Um, and this is a brand new listener. And when I say brand new, I mean brand new into the world. Uh, newly born but has been listening whilst in the womb over the last nine months um, to the point where their mother was saying that probably recognises our voices. Ah. Um, this is my co-host for Simpsons 411 War. Emma Apps finally had her baby. Hooray! So, listener of the week, young, newly born Arthur Apps. Listener of the week. Ah, congratulations and welcome to the world. Congratulations. So I don't think we're going to have a younger... I don't think we're going to have a younger listener of the week than that. At the time of recording, I think it's two days old. (laughs) And, I mean, I love that it's been forced on him. Yeah. He is listener of the week, (laughs) having never really listened to an episode. Well, kind of against (laughs) his will. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so there we go, listener of the week. That's a bit of a cheat, but I thought it was an easy way for me to shout out that Emma finally had her baby. No, that's awesome. 
Congratulations, Emma. And yeah. We recorded an episode of Four and One More like two days before she had the baby. So <laughs> well, I was like, I was really hoping that she was like going to go into labor or something during the recording. <laughs> well, if it was a particularly exciting episode, then yeah. it may have forced it. Yeah. Um, wow. So that's listening of the week. Pet of the week. Got a good one here. Uh, well, they're all good because they're all pets and pets are great. But this is um, from listener John Higgins. This is uh, John Higgins' dog, Tutu, uh, which is apparently French slang for doggy. Mm. <laughs> ah, <laughs> that's beautiful. It looks like a little reindeer. He's awesome. Yeah, it's an awesome yeah. dog. It's an awesome wow. little dog. Uh, so Un- that's Tutu. Unusual, but, yeah. but beautiful. I don't actually know what breed of dog that is. No, no. I, I love, um, I love his ears. I say his boy, his ears. John, let us know what breed of dog that is, because I've never seen that dog. Uh, but yeah, thanks, thanks for the end. Thanks to everyone who sends their pets of the weeks. But yeah, two two pet of the week this week. And John, all our best wishes being sent out to you, mate. Absolutely. That's that stuff, guys. I haven't got. Um, I've got money coming in for charity stuff. Hmm. Uh, it should be coming soon. I don't know if we know where we want to send it yet or not. Or We can have a little think, can't we? Yeah, we'll have a think between episodes and we'll announce it on the next one. By the time the next one comes, I should have the money. But It's a bumper one because we were weekly through December, so we had like twice the amount of advertising. Oh, sweet, yeah. Yeah, so someone's going to get a bumper donation. Uh, so that's that. We'll talk about that next time. If we can go to the Beefies charity of... <laughs> uh, so other stuff, guys. So, listeners, if you want to send us your pets of the week, keep them coming. Uh, messages, ideas, suggestions, stories, all that stuff. Uh, you can do it directly via the email. That's unexplainableuk at mail.com or you can contact via the website, which is weirdtalesandtheunexplainable.com on that website, you can also find links to us on social media. You can find links to support us monetarily. You can find links to a merch store where you can buy T-shirts and things. Uh, you can also go to bobshoy.com. Uh, this is part of the Bob Shoy Podcast Network. You can see other shows I work on there, and you might enjoy some of them as well. Um, the Simpsons pod I do at the moment is really fun, so you should check that out. And you can also go to patreon.com slash bobshoy to support my time researching and editing the shows I work on. And I'll tell you what, another thing, um, if you enjoy the show and you want to help us out, I know one thing we haven't said for a long, long time is like ratings and reviews. Like they still mm. help, they're still really helpful. And another thing is tell someone you know who might like one of the topics we've done. Say, hey, you, you're interested in killers. How, how much do you know about the Zodiac killers and to this two-parter or some other topic we've done? Tell a friend because that word of mouth is the best way for podcasts to grow. Mm. Yeah, so absolutely. That, that's that's my little mission for you in 2021, listeners. Tell someone you know about the show and suggest a, a topic that they may be interested in because that helps. And I think we're done. Amazing. Made it. I now need to go and watch the movie. Yeah, you're like, you've had all your training to go in and watch the film and you'll know exactly who all these different characters are. Yeah. I can't wait for the scene with Rub's dad. Yeah, he's not in it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. Um. So until next time, I don't know what outro music we're going to use this time. Something I used "Summer of '69" last time. Well, we could just sing something. Yeah, Zodiac. Zodiac.
He killed a bunch of people. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> He's a real horrible asshole. Get, do you think it's obvious to the listeners that we're waning now? Like it's getting late. <laughs> as soon as the topic was finished, we started like it's like our batteries were running down. <laughs> Uh, I yeah. don't even know if I did all the outro stuff properly. I just <laughs> sort of spewed it off. Yeah, no, you did. Yeah, you okay. Did. Good right. effort. Yeah, that'll do. I'm doing the next episode, guys. Uh, it'll be a fun one. It's not as heavy or deep as this one. Nice. Lots of love. So until then, love you. <laughs> love you. <laughs> the most low energy outro. Have a good day. Have See. fun, everyone. See you Bye-bye. later. Bye, thanks for listening. Lots of love. The Revot Killer. (laughs) (laughs) Right, that's it. Get those files over, boys. I can understand why you think it was me. I would even think it was me. It's not, though. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.